Hi everyone and welcome back to the podcast. So this episode is a little bit different. It's recorded in 2020 just after Bertie Sky was born and we were walking around the farm. I had my mic on and we just went for a deep dive through lots of different topics on the in the areas of sustainable living, regenerative living, the magic of photosynthesis and so many other concepts. So uh, this one is a good one for driving or walking or grab a cup of tea and yeah, hope hope you uh, enjoy it. I'll see you in the episode. So the big question is this, how do we live in more sustainable and regenerative ways? How can we tap into the ancient secrets of living in harmony with the sacred nature of life? How do we embody the interconnected web of life that thrives in abundance within each of us? That is the question, and this podcast will explore the answers. My name is Craig Hubbard, and welcome to Shambhala Living. Hi everyone, welcome to the Shambhala Living podcast. I'm your host, Craig Hubbard, and today we're taking a walk around the farm and I've got my beautiful little daughter, Bertie Skye, with me. She's currently strapped to my belly and we're going to go for a little walk around the farm and have a chat. Today we're going to chat about composting and the cycle of life, how we can participate in this process, this natural process that's been happening for billions and trillions of years we can participate in that process or we can detriment the process and quite often the way that our large-scale food system works and our society works is that we are inherently doing a lot of things in order to get productivity and profit up it makes our natural processes deteriorate and not follow along with the natural laws of the earth which one of those is that there is no waste there is only living organisms and mineral rock the elements that combine into to form new continually evolving life forms and for that flow of life and flow of energy to perpetuate there needs to be a continual breaking down and that is we can liken the decomposition process to the breaking down of a song from its symphony down into its individual instruments and then down to its individual notes and each of those individual instruments that play an individual note together when working in harmony with each other can create a symphony which is like what happens as an organism we have individual atoms that work together to create 
molecules that create elements, the elements of the periodic table, like oxygen, iron, hydrogen, that are made up of these molecules that then when these molecules blend and come together in to some kind of bond, some kind of harmony, like the notes of a song, or notes of a of a instrument, then they can create a song. More of those those blended together can create the the symphony, which is a word for multiple instruments all playing different. Um, songs or sounds into a much larger soundscape that we we give this name of a symphony and I I like the metaphor of the the symphony and the song as the way of describing the micro from like that we're talking about here of the the breaking down and the so that we've got the decomposition, the decomposing, and then we have the composition or the composing. And we see that in life, we see that in nature, and we see this continual composing, things growing out of the soil, growing out of the basic materials, the basic raw ingredients of life, creating, composing new plants, new animals, even new species continuously and that cycle of life flows through for a period of time like a dance, like a song and then comes to an end and that end comes in the form of in the end of a life form comes through a process of decomposition, returning back to its basic structure. Just like the symphony when it's gone, when it's finished, the song is over, when the symphony is over, there's the, the maybe the hum still in the room, but all those, those notes that were floating beautifully, harmonizing all around the, the auditorium, now diminishing, disintegrating, returning back to silence, to nothing. The instruments themselves are no longer resonating. There's no life coming through them, nothing getting played through them. And then a new song, a new sound can come from these raw ingredients of the instrument or the, the um, that allows the life, the, the flow, and in this case would be the, the musician that brings energy, it could be strumming of the strings, blowing through the flute, banging on the drum, or singing, brings a whole new form of song and then symphony that can last for a, a period of time, and those periods of time can can be as in some cycles of life, in the micro uh, life, in the in the life that is so infinitesimally small that in a teaspoon there can be a billion life 
forms in that cycle the time period could be nanoseconds maybe seconds whole life whole communities born and dying then next phase minutes maybe hours and then we're into the insect phase some of them are days weeks maybe a month and we're into larger and larger plant life maybe three months six months maybe up to a year and we're up to the mammals that then have multiple years humans that we have we can we, we give our life span this this time period and we we can give it like a hundred years or eighty years or but it gives us this perspective and then there's other phases there's other cycles that count in in days and they count in eons and in how long it takes for a a rock to build up to a hard mass of rock and then decompose back into its original form of silica and sand and iron and all the the elements so there's this constant building up and breaking down so to me studying and understanding that there's this cycle of life is fascinating and I love seeing and understanding the different cycles of life and it allows us to find a way of fitting in our instrument our vessel that we have which is our our body our human life and how we fit into this grand symphony that we call life that we also funnily enough call the universe take the word universe and when you look at those words uni means one and verse is like song so we are part of we are an instrument part of this one song this of this universe and our time too will will come to its its natural cycle and ideally we go back down into the earth where we came from that we may not think that we came from the, the soil or from the earth it's a little bit of a far concept to to think that our, our body came from the the soil and the, the earth but um, but when you consider that as a as a baby you we drank milk from our mothers or even if we were bottle fed um, with formula that formulas came from the, a plant or a source or an animal the mother's milk was derived from the from the mama and the mama then fed so she drank water from the earth she ate food that came from maybe a, a mammal or a, or from the plants but where whether it was a mammal the mammal got its food from the plants so ultimately we can trace our entire life cycle back to the food that we eat that came that originally came from plants where do plants get their source of life well they get their material form from the the substrate the the actual 
mineral and the carbon and the, from this continual um, dying and, and rebirthing process and from the sunlight. So the sun, the source of life, is beaming and has been beaming for much longer than the earth has been been spinning around and the plants take this sunlight and turn it from this light into chemical energy so they take take it through the process through their green leaf through the molecule that's in their leaf called chlorophyll and through the, the can only call this magical process through photosynthesis turn that uh, chlorophyll or sorry that sunlight into chlorophyll or into a liquid substance that then becomes food down through the roots of the plant to feed the plant now how does the plant eat well it actually then sends some of that substance which is like a sugary substance so it's turning this sunlight into nectar that then feeds the community of microorganisms that are at the base of the plant within the garden within the soil in the forest floor there is a epic community and when I say epic I mean epic in that the scale of the community that is under the forest floor is so unfathomable that just blow our minds with with how much life like if we go back to the idea that in a teaspoon there's a billion organisms so then you take say a, a wheelbarrow load of of healthy living soil you have trillions and trillions and whatever is after trillions of forms of life you take a forest and it's just blows our mind there is more huge magnitude more microorganisms on this earth than all of the plant life all of the mammals put together the microorganisms that we cannot see make up the by far the largest mass so think of all of the elephants put together all of the humans put together all of the the animals you can think of the fish in the sea all of the seaweed all of the grass all of the trees the big oaks all of the forests if you could put that onto a scale the weight the mass would far outweigh on the side of the microorganisms meaning they are what form our life that without them we do not exist so back to this plant as the plants taking the sunlight and feeding it down its roots into the microorganism life that's how the microorganisms f feed in this symbiotic relationship with plants in turn that plants they can't really travel very far their roots can can travel to a certain distance but they use the microorganism network in exchange so there is a receptor 
in both the plant and the microorganism that it's an exchange so there's nectar or this um, this plant energy that's come from the sun down into the roots every single day feeding the microorganisms and the microorganisms are mining the soil so they take this energy and they they use it they do things and just like we go and give the milkman or the the, the farmer some money for an apple they too are in this exchange there's there's always an exchange going on there's this symbiotic relationship so as the plant needs silica to strengthen its cell walls it can't just walk down to the shop or go to the silica place there might be a source of silica deep down it can send its roots down near it but the way it actually brings it up into its plant into its cell walls is through the microorganism exchange and its form of currency is sunlight is, is sunlight that's converted through photosynthesis into chemical energy that is then passed on to the microorganisms to f return it some minerals that it requires and that's the cycle that's been going on for yeah, billions of years so back down some rabbit holes here but coming back to the mama that is feeding the baby that has been eating drinking by itself is we as humans the byproduct of our earth so we are in this amazing symbiotic symbiotic relationship this dance if you like with this earth in this beautiful universal song this this amazing cosmic symphony and in that symphony all things are possible all things not just the things that we can imagine in our or that we we can see with our eyes there is so much more that is possible that we can't see just like we saw with the microorganisms there's way more there's way more things that are living way more things going on than what we can see always and always will be I'll leave this for another episode but I, I also love studying the macro then that we from the Sun that is spinning providing life to our our earth there is is a mass and there is a whole lot of evidence to show that there's another force out there that is so dense so massive that it is actually the gravity of itself collapses onto itself and and we call there's no different names and we give it like black holes and we give it anti-gravity but there's basically in essence we'll go into this in another podcast there is more of the nothing than there is of the something now that may be a little confusing and a little might not right now make sense but basically right down at our atomic level 
an atom of iron is looked through an electron microscope is energy vibrating spinning very very fast and when we look further into the atomic structure we see what we think we may be calling strings or quarks and then strings but basically what we're seeing is and now this is a little bit of a mind blow we're seeing nothing vibrating into shapes into structure so we're seeing this substrate of the universe but coming into a vibratory vibration into a, a shape vibrating so fast that it actually gets us a, a spin and if you can imagine a tiny tiny uh, if you ever played with those spinning tops or if you've been on those those games in the playground where they span around and they make you sick but you think of the centrifugal force and you spin a top there's there's enough force to keep that top spinning on the table and it then sends energy through its spin through axis up its uh, up through its top and down through its its base there that is a measurable increase in its force by its spin and then the faster we spin the more the force goes outwards to the point that if we could spin it to the speed of light it would be a force so so strong and so so big that it would blow us away with what this force was made up of something so small that when given centrifugal spin which we see in every single living thing at the core of its thing we see it in nature in the earth it spins we see it in the moon it spins around the earth the earth spins around the sun we don't fully have evidence but there is very likely that the sun is spinning but what we do know is that sun is definitely spinning around a large cycle that we're calling the the Milky Way galaxy we see that that cycle is huge it takes I don't know the exact time frame but it's we're talking thousands of years whereas our earth that spins around the Sun only takes the length of what we call a year so it takes us 365 or five and a half days to spin around this thing at just a, the right enough rate that we don't spin out of our orbit gravity of the Sun of its spin is pulling us in and we're pulling us out and our moon is keeping us in this delicate delicate balance then we, we look at the or every living organism and at the base of that is a is some form of a atomic structure and at each atomic structure every atom has an electron and a proton and neutron and all of these are spinning and we're seeing that there is a nothingness so a substrate forming up into a something and we see that all through life we see things building up 
and then breaking back down. Now, what does all this mean? What does it have anything to do with composting, which was our original topic that we've kind of gone off into a spin? But I, I want to bring us back. But the reason we went so far, which may sound like we actually went far out, but actually we just went deep in. We didn't leave the topic of composting. We didn't even leave the room. We, in every atom, you look at your hand, that conversation that we just had can take place in that one realm of the hand of the apple. Again, what does this have to do with our lives? It has to do with once we start seeing these cycles, the cycle of life, the, the small infant more the tiny cycles and then the huge macro cycles and we see our human cycle we, we start to gather a sense of where do we fit into the picture and how do we we work take our cycle we breathe in we breathe out that is one of our primary cycles and that is a way that we measure our our life force our, our, our sorry our, our lifespan is our, our heartbeat our, our breath rate it's what gives us our break, uh, building up, breaking down. So every time we breathe in, we, we inhale and we, we bring energy in. We're building up blood. We're creating energy in our mitochondria of our cells. And then every time we exhale, we're exhaling uh, carbon dioxide and the waste products that we've broken down in every transaction that's happened. So... If left alone, nature does its thing. It evolves and, and perpetuates and radiates. And danger that I'm seeing out there is that sometimes we get so over-involved in the... And, my, and I think that it's from us not understanding the simple dynamics of life, the cycles of life, and therefore we do some really dumb things where we take waste that should be returned back into the cycle and we put it somewhere say in a landfill we might wrap it in a, a non-organic uh, like a plastic coating or it's just not layered up right and we've just got in the way of this ancient cycle of life what does that have an effect? How does it affect you and your, your future and maybe your children and, and so forth? Well, it has a massive, massive effect. And we're seeing the, the uh, ramifications of this now that in just over 100 years, less than 100 years in fact, we have grown our food, we've transitioned into chemicals, we've killed off by using the chemicals and the monocrop, uh, race to get as much food as we can we're actually getting less food every single time and we're killing off the microorganisms in the soil when we kill off the microorganisms the soil becomes lifeless doesn't hold together it then erodes blows away we the, our farming practices that on on these grand massive scales cannot look after the the life in the soil we we are now losing our topsoil at the fastest rate we've ever 
lost it. And again, in our human sort of cycle, sometimes it can feel like it's a long time. Oh, it's a hundred years. Well, in just a hundred years, we've lost more topsoil. And when we say the word topsoil, we have to remember we're talking life. So we've we've lost more of our life, our microorganism organism base, than billions of years that the earth has been around just in 100 years through our ignorance and our not understanding the cycles and our strange desire to be abundant which is not a bad thing but when misplaced with incorrect knowledge of how life works that abundance chases things that actually are so unabundant or inefficient on the grand scale that we are now facing the likelihood of not having enough soil and grow enough food for our ever-increasing population. So on one side we've got the population increasing and on the other side we've got the natural resources diminishing at faster and faster rates and we've already hit our tipping point we've already hit that point where we know from a grand like a global scientific level that we're in the red we're in that spot where we've been redlining and we and the only reason we we're not making massive changes is as i was going to say we don't because we don't know what to do but that's not true we do know what to do but that knowledge isn't disseminated or it's not understood by enough people that make decisions that we are such a scary place in in time and and depending on when you're listening to this it's 2020 and it's august and we're in the midst of one of the most massive disruptions ever and that is the covid and some other ramifications that have come from that but it has stopped the economy to a to almost a halt completely it's shown all sorts of things that are that were not sustainable in how we truck our food all over the world or, or over the country and then over and ship it all across the world when we've had to stop things and that's stopped we've seen massive food shortages we've seen more than a billion people going without food that did have food because there's always been a large proportion of our population that hasn't had access to the food which is a whole nother topic but in this covid what how does that come into play here well that is a symptom of an unhealthy organism this that we are part of so we only generally see outbreaks in say in a in a crop we we see a, an outbreak of a of something when there's a crop that is a bit sickly a bit unhealthy we tend to see bugs come in and they their job is to take it out they take out the crop like that's life it's very efficient so in a unhealthy human with a low immune system we attract unwanted unhealthy bacterias and pathogens and we get sick we can get sick 
when we've got a healthy immune system, when we're in balance, we have a much higher resilience to withstand unwanted bacterias and, and pathogens. So in this situation, when we look at humanity combined with the earth, which we always should, it's clear that the way that we're interacting with the, the earth and the, the biosphere or the life in all connected, we, we're way out of balance. We're, we're not respecting the cycles of life and the, the, the needs of the, the planet to replenish its systems and sustain a, a way of life. We're using the resources as fast as we can, which is an alarm bell in itself when we, we are so desperately using the resources. When we see a weed in nature, there is no natural weeds but the weeds are what we call plants that are in a place that are that use an unproportionate amount of the, the natural resources in that space. So we take lantana from one area of the world that was in balance to another area and we see completely go out of balance and then we call it a weed. We're seeing that with humans. Now there is hope there is something we can do and i don't believe that it's at the government level i believe it's at the ground level the grassroots the community level the individual level and that is firstly to understand the systems that we don't have to understand as deeply as we've covered today but just to understand that everything that's living needs to be returned back to the earth so figure out a way of getting it back there whether you're in an apartment whether you're on land whether you're in a house wherever you are get that back somehow to the earth and getting it back to the earth isn't by throwing in the trash heap that lands in the landfill because it's not breaking down properly and it's just rotting and turning into gases and other toxic kind of a transformations that that are not healthy and we're doing that on such a large level that it's really causing some damage but on the positive thing we can do some really small things on a daily level that create a tipping point and we can replenish our systems the earth is absolutely so wonderfully resilient given a chance and all we need to do, and we don't need all the people to do this, we just need a small amount of people to continually, daily, partake in the cycles of life. And when we understand it like that, when we understand that, it's, that it is a, these cycles, it's a sacred act. It's, composting is, is a way of being in harmony with the rest of the symphony, rather than banging a drum and being totally out of harmony with this symphony of life, this universal song. Let's get back into rhythm with life. Let's start with the small things. So we breathe. Breathing is such a beautiful way to start. We get in touch with the cycles, the in, the out. It's the very thing that gives us life, the very first breath in. And there'll be, one day, there'll be our last breath and it will be an outward breath. 
and that is the cycle. Every time we put food in our mouth, there is generally some waste that comes from that and there's packaging that can be at least recycled and so much can be composted. And so just to kind of give you some really practical tips, anything that is organic, and we don't mean like certified organic, I just mean anything that breaks down cardboard, newspaper, paper cups, paper plates, um, cotton, all of our food scraps, even the ones that people say, oh, don't put these in compost, that generally they, that means, that is true, but generally it means don't put them into a small, tiny compost or especially into a worm farm like citrus and meat and things like that but in a bigger compost and when I, and a big compost could be simply a uh, like a pallet bay a one meter by one meter four pallets together you can put all sorts of things into there and though those bacteria and fungi that are in that that inherently in the soil will get to work breaking down all of that so there shouldn't be anything in our bins that goes landfill that is stinky if there is then we there is something that we can put into our compost the more we can put into our compost then the more that goes back into the earth so what do you do in three six months time when you've your all your food scraps have now or your compost is full then leave it start a new one that continually break down if it doesn't work that's all right if it's stinky or it's tracting then just add more carbon or amend that but you can always add it to a new compost you can always recompost you can't really go too wrong so give it a try start a compost today there's plenty of free resources out there to learn how to start one in your, even in your apartment then when you've got the when it's been broken down what do you do put that black beautiful it shouldn't smell anymore it should just smell like like the earth then you can put that directly onto your plants if it's still stinky then it needs it's not mature it's still breaking down and you can just either leave it or you can put add it to another pile or another compost bin but then that eventually will finish its broken decomposition process and it's ready to begin the composition process so add it to the garden the garden will be so 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 thankful the earth will be so thankful you can do a little prayer or you can just put it down there either way you are you are now partaking in this beautiful cycle of life if you don't have a garden fine just take it to the street garden preferably where it won't just wash away and waste all that goodness so it's best to cover it so if you've got somewhere you, you can add your add some mulch on top then it will cover the living organisms and it gives them a bit of shade and protection and that's some ways you can you can compost so i hope that you've got something out of this episode and um look forward to sharing with you guys on the next episode somewhere on this beautiful cycle of life some ways that we can better understand the cycles of life and our place within these this cycle 
and that that you can take action to play your part play your instrument play in this universal song in harmony and it's actually quite easy to do once you know the the cycles we know what the the earth will need and and it's it's pretty it's pretty simple once you start observing watching listening practicing and then you'll get feedback you'll you'll see if things don't work then modify and change but i don't think is sustainable is to just continue doing what we have always done without questioning and without modifying and without improving because this this earth needs you and you need it and together we can create a a beautiful paradise here on earth and that brings us full circle right back to the purpose of this whole podcast and whole vision which is the the Shambhala vision which talks about heaven on earth and it's in the vision of is that we're already in this beautiful beautiful paradise we just need to get into rhythm with it and we'll see that it is so abundant so magical so beautiful and we are not apart from nature we are part of nature we are part of this beautiful universe so i hope you enjoyed thank you so much for listening i know that was a really deep dive we won't always go so deep i hope you got something out of this and love to hear your thoughts your comments your experiments your your things you've learned and trials and error questions send me a a a message you can find me either on instagram under shambhala farm or under craig hubbard and we'll put some links in the the show notes in the description to some resources for composting if you're interested we've got a lot of free resources to start your own garden and compost and if you'd like to have a a structured organized step-by-step we've also got paid programs that you can get involved in and create your paradise and beautiful space on this earth and contribute to this beautiful grand song that we call the universe thank you for listening my name is craig hubbard and you've been listening to shambhala living podcast bye for now Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Shambhala Living Podcast. If you enjoyed it, then I'd love it if you would share it with some friends and subscribe to this channel and turn on notifications so you can find out when the next podcast comes out. You can find us at Instagram at Shambhala Farm and also check out our upcoming 12-week food growing course. You can find out more details on our newsletter list or on Instagram. I'll see you on the next episode.